Well, good morning, church family. Good morning, good morning. So grateful to be here with you today and so grateful to be sharing with you. Uh, we began last week, if you were here, I remember what an awesome message that Pastor Aaron kicked things off for us. We're talking about encounters with Jesus. And there are so many in scripture and so many even that weren't written down, but we are taking stories of Jesus and talking about those encounters and how they transform, how the presence of Jesus transforms not just a person, but generations and lives are changed. And uh, last week we were given this question. This was the question that Jesus asked his disciples in the beginning of the Gospel of John. He says, what do you want? Such a good question, wasn't it? If you didn't get a chance to see that message, I encourage you this week, go back, listen to that message because it is a powerful one and we are so grateful for our pastor and for that challenge. I spent some time with that question this week and, uh, and a little bit more on that to come. But today, today there is another encounter of Jesus that I'd like to share with you and another question. Jesus asked all kinds of them, didn't he? And so today there's going to be another encounter. I'm excited to share with you what God's put on my heart this morning. But before we dive in today, I wanted to just pause and take a moment to pray for our pastor. Can we do that? I would love to pray for Pastor Aaron. As you heard uh, earlier, uh, Steve was announcing that she's at a conference, but this, this month is going to be a month filled of renewal for Pastor Aaron, both professionally and personally. And uh, so lots of things going on in her life uh, and with the family, uh, spending time with family, some time with soul care, some conferences, all kinds of stuff going into that. But I remember she had shared with our staff recently from the Gospel of John, and this was the verse that she had shared where Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That was a good reminder to all of us because I'm a firm believer that healthy leaders lead healthy ministries. Would you agree? Healthy leaders lead healthy ministries. That's not just a saying that I was taught, but it's been modeled for me as well. And so, uh, Pastor Aaron, if you're listening to this, we are thankful for you and for your example to us, the immense value of being renewed. And so, amen. That's right. So, Pastor Aaron, I hope you're watching, but if not, that's okay. We love you, and Taylor family, we'd love to pray for you as well. Would that be all right? So let's pray together, church family, and pray for this day as well. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that when we abide with you, when we follow your lead and your instruction, we thank you for that promise that there will be much fruit. So Lord, we pray for that for Pastor Aaron this month, Lord, that there would be much fruit that would come from this time of renewal. Lord, that you would remind us to pray for her this month, and we thank you for the Taylor family. God, for your faithfulness to them, their faithfulness to one another, and also to this family of faith. God, we are just so grateful for the Taylor family. And we pray today for us, God, that you would give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would open our hearts to know you better. God, we want to see you today and encounter you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, if you would, if you've got your Bibles with you, I've got mine marked all up in here, but let's go to Mark chapter 10, shall we? Um, so you can tell when I take notes from sermons, I just kind of tuck them in and they stay there forever. So, uh, but we're going to be in Mark chapter 10 today, and we're going to be at the end of Mark chapter 10. This will be on the screen too, by the way. I'm going to be reading from the, inter, uh, I'm sorry, the English Standard Version, ESV. So if you've got your own Bible and you want to follow along, that's awesome. It's also going to be up here on the screen in that version for us. But this is the story of Bartimaeus and his encounter with Jesus. So let's read this together, beginning in verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, 
and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, here's the question, you ready? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him along the way. I love this story. I've read this story a few times, but this story has grabbed me, especially in the last year. We think about encounters with Jesus. Uh, This is a particularly powerful one for me because I'm thinking about what Bartimaeus was crying out in this story. And uh, I want to take just a few minutes to walk through this story together because there are some things about Bartimaeus that were true before he met Jesus. So Bartimaeus must have known something about him. He must have known, I know who Jesus is, right? And he also had probably heard about this Messiah because he was crying out and nothing would stop him. And there was belief there. Did you catch some faith in this story in Bartimaeus? And so Jesus, to give us a little bit of context, so Jesus is traveling from Jerusalem in this part of the story. So we're traveling towards Easter together as well in this season. But Jesus is traveling toward Jerusalem because he's on a mission. He's on the mission that God sent him to this world for, to save the world. And so Jesus is traveling around the Sea of Galilee. He's going from Bethsaida to Capernaum, and then all the way down the Jordan River to the city named Jericho. And Jesus, who is on a mission, on his way to the cross, hears a man cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he stops. Jesus stopped. Why? And I've been spending some time with the story because in verse 47, It says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. When he heard, he cried out. I think that's really important. What did he cry out? He cried out, Jesus, son of David. And why did he say that? Why did he say Jesus, son of David? Son of David is a title that is given to someone in David's line, to a king. In other words, Bartimaeus was saying, you're the one we've been looking for. You're the Messiah. You're the one who is promised, Jesus, son of David. And perhaps he didn't just hear that Jesus of Nazareth was coming. Perhaps Bartimaeus, somewhere along the way, heard one of the prophecies about this Messiah, like this one in Isaiah 35. And I think we've got this on the screen as well. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes... He will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. I wonder, when Bartimaeus cried out, if he knew these words from the prophet Isaiah when he said, Jesus, son of David, I know who you are, and I know what you came to do. Amen? So Bartimaeus, even though he couldn't see, really he could. He knew who Jesus was, and he was crying out. Perhaps he had heard even the story 
of when Jesus healed the man who was blind from birth, right? And everywhere that Jesus went, he would heal and preach the kingdom of God. And so maybe, imagine being Bartimaeus, and he's listening to all of these stories. And just imagine being there in Jericho and thinking, if Jesus, if Jesus comes this way, you better believe I'm not going to miss it, right? If Jesus comes my way, the Messiah, the son of David, you better believe, no wonder he shouted, right? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I know who you are, and I know what you can do. But what was the response of the crowd? And this happens so often, doesn't it? Sometimes when we try to get to Jesus, and I have to catch myself, am I actually helping people getting close to Jesus, or am I keeping them from, right? So they rebuked him in verse 48. They told him to be quiet. And the story could have ended here, couldn't it? Because Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus was on a mission to save the world. And Bartimaeus wanted to get healed. So he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what did the crowd say? Be quiet. And what did Bartimaeus do? Some of you have some fiery personalities too, right? What would you do? He cried out all the more, yes? He's not going to be denied because I know who he is. And I know what he can do. And so he cried out all the more. And Jesus, and I love this, verse 49, and Jesus stopped. Notice he didn't stop the first time, but he stopped. Because Bartimaeus continued to cry out to him, and he stopped. And for someone today, I just wanted to pause right here and just say, I know that for many of us, we've believed for a long time that Jesus is the Savior of the world, and he can do big things, and God has a big job, right? But can he hear my voice? Can he hear me crying out in a crowd? And I just want someone to know today, he sees you. He sees you and he's heard your prayer. And God is stopping. And he's looking at you and he's saying, call him and call her. And so I love this story because Jesus stopped. And in verse 50, I'm just going to stick with my notes here. What does Bartimaeus do when they say, so the crowd, the same crowd that said, sit down, be quiet. Now, what are they saying? Take heart. He's calling you. Go to him. Isn't that just like the crowd? One minute. One minute they're saying, be quiet, sit down. They say, oh, oh, yeah, 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 go, go, go. So the crowd will do what the crowd does. But Jesus was looking at Bartimaeus and said, call him. And so what did he do? He jumped up. He sprang up, I think it says, and he threw off this cloak that used to define who he was because he was begging. He was blind. And he ran to Jesus. Why did he run to Jesus? Because he believed, right? So there's faith in Bartimaeus. I know who he is, son of David. I've heard what he can do because I've heard about this Messiah, and I believe. Now, friends, what do all three of these things have in common about Bartimaeus? He knows who Jesus is. He's heard what Jesus can do, and he believed. Was this true before or after his miracle? It was before. This was true about Bartimaeus before Jesus did anything for him. He knew and he believed. And so the good news that I want to share and to remind all of us today is this, and it's a simple one, but I think it's a powerful message today, that when I know who Jesus really is and when I know what he can really do, my faith can grow even before the miracle. If I were to give this sermon a title today, I was trying to say, all right, what would I call it? Faith that can see in the dark or faith sees in the dark. Because 
Well, let me ask this. Does our faith grow? When God answers our prayer, what happens to our faith? It grows, right? Because God is faithful when God answers our prayer. But can our faith also grow in the dark? And I think because of this story, I'm convinced that it can. I'm convinced that it must grow in the dark. In other words, I know what it looks like, but I know who he is. I know who Jesus is. So before Jesus came, what could Bartimaeus see? Kind of a trick question. What could Bartimaeus see before Jesus came? Well, not much. He's blind, right? Think a little bit farther. He could see himself being healed. Why else would he shout so much? I would say, well, Bartimaeus couldn't see anything, but Bartimaeus would say, no, 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 I can see my healing. And when Jesus came, what did he see? We just read the story. He sees a man who is blind and begging, but what did Jesus actually see? He saw faith. In verse 52, Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus saw it too. And something that I'm learning is that faith often, or belief, often requires seeing in the dark. In other words, before the miracle. A lot of times we say, God, answer my prayer so that I can believe. But many times God's saying, I'm forming something in you right now, right now in the dark. So he cried out all the more. And then mercy, this is something, just watching how Jesus responds, mercy requires us to stop and see others with eyes of compassion the way that Jesus looks at us. He stopped. One more thing. Notice, notice what Jesus did not ask Bartimaeus. Did Jesus ask Bartimaeus, what can you do for me? No, he didn't ask that. And so many times in our faith, we feel like maybe God's asking us to do something first. Maybe it just sounds too good to be true. But Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? The Savior of the world, the promised one, the Messiah the king of heaven and earth. What do you want me to do for you? So would you say that it matters who's asking the question and who we go to? Would you agree with that? When we ask, what would you like me to do for you? It matters who's asking, and it matters who we go to. In fact, there's nothing else from today. I hope this is something that we can take inventory in our lives. Who are we going to ask the question, and where are we going to find the answer? Who are we going to ask the question, what do you want me to do, and where are we getting the answers from? It matters who we go to. But today, I believe this. With eyes of faith, I believe that Jesus is stopping and asking many of us today this question, what do you want me to do for you? And how did Bartimaeus respond? In verse 51, he says this, Rabbi, Or master. And Lord, we heard last week what this word rabbi means, right? Master, Lord, one that I want to be with. I want to recover my sight. And as I looked at this response of Bartimaeus, I thought, wait a second. Recover my sight. Regain my sight. Other words, I want to see again. And what I'm learning from this story is if the translation is correct, then what Bartimaeus is saying, I had something and I lost it. I want to see again. And I wonder, I wonder a lot of things, but when I'm reading scripture, it's so so much more than just what's on the surface, right? So as you think about Bartimaeus, 
who knows when he was blind or lost his sight. But what do you think happened to his faith in God when his sight was gone? You see, wherever Jesus goes, we believe that healing and forgiveness follow. Do you agree? We read the stories of Jesus and we believe that the presence of Jesus changes everything. Wherever Jesus goes, there is healing and there is forgiveness, yeah? So, what happens when we lose our sight? And not just physically, but what happens when life blindsides us? To be honest, it's easy to withhold forgiveness and to let go of our faith. Where Jesus goes is healing and forgiveness, but when life blinds us, sometimes it's easier to withhold forgiveness and let our faith go. But what if, even in the dark, we could be courageous enough to release some of that unforgiveness and hold on to faith? What if we could release unforgiveness and hold on to faith? I believe the presence of Jesus changes everything and can do that for us. A few more things. Are you still with me? Still doing all right? All right, cool. I love this story for so many reasons because it's been something that's been going again and again. But I wonder what happened inside of Bartimaeus when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was, was healing people. Can you imagine being Bartimaeus? You are blind and you hear that Jesus of Nazareth is going about the countryside and healing everywhere he goes. Can you imagine what he had hoped sitting at that road in Jericho thinking, if only Jesus would pass by this way. If only Jesus would come my way. Can you imagine if you were Bartimaeus, what you would do with a miracle? Can you imagine sitting there thinking this over in your head again? If I get a miracle, if God answers my prayer, what would you want to do? If you're Bartimaeus, maybe there are some people that you want to see, right? People that you haven't physically seen in so long. Maybe there are some places that you want to go. Maybe there's some experiences that were taken away that you want to go and do these things. If you're Bartimaeus, what would you do with your miracle? So in verse 52, Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. This is an awesome story already, right? There's a miracle that's just happened here. But I love how the story finishes. Immediately, he recovered his sight, miracle, and then he got out his bucket list and got to it. Right? Anybody catch me? He got out his bucket list and all the people he wanted to see and all the things. No, what did Bartimaeus do in verse 52? He followed him. He followed him on the way. In other words, Rabbi, wherever you are, that is where I want to be. You're the one who heals me. You're the one who gives me life. You're the one who is my purpose. I want to follow you. And I'm sure he was taking in all the sights as he went. <laughs> he was probably walking along like, oh, yeah, trees. And, oh, yeah, I missed you. And, uh, you know, all these things. I'm sure he's celebrating, right, as we all would for this miracle. But he followed Jesus along the way. And so I just want to share how this story has been personal to me because this was an encounter of Jesus in Scripture, but this last fall I was actually reading this story again myself. And I remember this, the prayer. Do you remember the prayer that Bartimaeus prayed? He said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. So I took some time and I thought about what would this prayer sound like if I prayed it? And I wrote down these words. I said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Heal my heart and my home. That's what mercy looks like. So that I can tell the world about your kindness. 
In other words, I know who you are. And I know what you can do. And I'm asking for mercy. And it was in that season, it was actually last September, I think it was in the fall, where I was praying, and you have those moments when you wake up, and I'm like, full of faith, and then there's mornings you wake up and you go, I don't know, but there's just those moments where you're like being honest with God in prayer, right? And so I said, Jesus, you did miracles all the time. You even did miracles when there was a little bit of faith, not very much. So hear me out. Perhaps you can meet me at the place where I stopped asking. Or perhaps you can give mercy in the places where I stopped crying out. All I can offer to you are the broken places. All I can give to you is the not enough. But with you, and here is the key, with you I believe anything is possible. And you can do anything. Now friends, is that a prayer of faith? Looking back, I'm saying, wow, it was honest. There's faith in there. I believe you can do anything. So after I finished telling God what I can see and what I can't see, over the next couple of months, it was like Jesus was saying, okay, now it's my turn. Let me tell you what I see. So God's been taking me on this journey, and I won't take too much time. It would be hours, but take some time to just show me something very simple. And what Jesus saw And what he's showing me is a man full of faith. A man full of faith. Even in the dark, a man full of faith. Because I've been praying to God, Jesus, have mercy on me. Heal my heart, heal my home. But where does Jesus build his home? I came across this verse in John 14, verse 23, where Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Where does God make his home? Wherever he goes. (laughs) God's home is with us. And so that's the good news today, is that when I know who Jesus really is, and when I know what he can really do, my faith can grow even before the miracle. Now notice I didn't say no miracle. I said, what's God doing right here? before he opens the doors to miracles. God is doing something in our hearts and in the dark. It's kind of like watching your favorite sports team. I know yesterday was a hard day for Hoosier fans, but um, anybody watch your favorite sports teams? We're going into March Madness, and uh, or maybe you've been watching some of your favorite uh, players who are playing right now in some of your favorite sports teams. And uh, have you ever been in those situations where you're watching the game and you say, the odds are pretty stacked, The time is running down. Everything kind of hinges on what happens next. But I know this player. I know this team. And I have seen what they can do. Is that faith? We can have faith in a team. But my question is, can we have faith in a God who said, I have come to you to give you life and a life that is full and free. I want that kind of faith. Faith in a God where I can say, I know who you are. And I've seen what you've done. And I believe you can do it again. And so last week, I was hit hard with that question that Pastor Aaron shared, what do you want, that Jesus uh, spoke to his disciples. And I spent some time this week thinking about that. And I wrote down, well, there's a lot of things. (laughs) There's a lot of things I could write down, you know, how big's the list? But honestly, when it comes right down to it, 
Jesus is asking me, what do I want? I said, I want my life to bring a smile to you. Because God, if my life brings a smile to you, it takes care of a whole lot of other things. So that was my response. And then this week it was, well, what do you want me to do for you? So we look at Bartimaeus. I said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see what you're building in and through my life, not just for me, but so that I can be a channel of blessing to others. If you ask Bartimaeus, what would you do if Messiah answered your prayer? How would he answer that? Now that we know what he did, say, I'd follow him. If Messiah answers my prayer, I would follow him. If you ask me, what would you do if Messiah answers your prayer? And I would say this, I'd tell everybody. I would tell everyone. But if faith can grow and still see in the dark, why wait? Why wait for an answer when I can live right now like Jesus answered my prayer? You can live right now like Jesus is working for your good. We can be generous now, find ways to be channels of blessing right now, and find that faith is healing along the way. So I changed my prayer. It was just a few words, but it was really important that I changed the words to this prayer. It was, Jesus, Son of David, thank you for mercy. Your generous love is healing my heart and my home. I am telling the world about your kindness. Change those words, and faith grows in the dark. So what would you do if Messiah answered your prayer? I almost hear Jesus asking all of us today, what is it that you want me to do for you? Can you see yourself almost like if there was a window and you're on the outside of this window called faith looking in, can you see yourself whole and healed again? Can you see yourself completely forgiven and free of guilt? What is that person doing right now? And then turn it around, and as you look out into the world through this window of faith, can you see others with heaven's eyes, eyes of compassion and mercy and forgiveness? How is that person living differently tomorrow? As we close our time together today, I want to give us an opportunity to respond to this question from Jesus. What is it that you want me to do for you? Can we do that together? What I'd like to do is just to invite you to just close your eyes right where you are, and to imagine that Jesus is sitting right beside you. With your eyes closed, Jesus is putting his arm around you, and you are imagining yourself in this story that you are Bartimaeus. We believe that the presence of Jesus is here today. So the question is, will you cry out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. For someone this morning, Others have told you to give up on your faith. Maybe you've told yourself it's no use. Maybe your situation or a personal darkness. Maybe it's a cloak that you've been wearing and perhaps have even gotten used to. And there's all kinds of voices that are telling you to just be quiet. Will you cry out to him? Jesus, son of David, have mercy. I know who you are. 
and I know what you can do. And Jesus is looking at you. Call him. Call her. Can you see it? Can you see your healing and forgiveness in his eyes? Can you see your faith growing in who Jesus is? Will you come to him? Today, Jesus, the risen one, the savior of the world and father of all compassion is looking directly at your heart and he is asking, what do you want me to do for you? Now I invite you to open your eyes. I believe God is doing some work today in our hearts. I believe that some of you are thinking about, you might have an answer to that question right now. And some, like me or others, you say, I need some time to think about that. That's okay. But if Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe there's something that you've heard today. Or maybe there's something that you're wanting to believe today. Or maybe there's something that you're seeing for the first time. Or even like Bartimaeus, maybe for the first time you're saying, I want that. I want that healing and that forgiveness. I want to follow Jesus. And so my question is, will you cry out to him? And how would you like to respond today? I believe that God hears the cries of our hearts. And I want to give an opportunity for us to respond and to pray with one another. And so at this time, I'm going to invite our worship team to come. And as they do, they're going to lead us um, in a song. But I want to invite you during this time that we sing... Um, we're going to have a time of prayer and anointing. We've done this before. If this is your first time uh, experiencing this, um, we have. Um, this will be myself and Steve Carp and uh, Sue Stack are going to join me. But we have anointing oil, which represents the presence, the Holy Spirit of God. Now, there's nothing magical about coming and being anointed, but what's powerful about this is the faith to say, Jesus, I'm stepping out. And I'm believing that your presence is with me. And so when we anoint you, it is that symbol of God's presence living with you. It is the seal and the guarantee of our inheritance and relationship with him. And so we'll just ask that question, may I anoint you? And how can I pray for you? And it could be anything. Even if it's something you say, I'm not sure, but today is the day that I say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. We would love to pray for you. And so church family, let's stand together as we prepare to enter into this time of worship. And let's see what Jesus has for us because Jesus has stopped and now he is saying to you, call him, call her. What would you like me to do for you? We'd love to pray with you. You can pray right where you are, but if you would like to be anointed and prayed for this morning, I want to invite you to come during this time as we sing. for these moments together to respond to that question of Jesus what is it that you would like me to do for you and I hope this question stays with us all week long I believe God is already doing miracles right here do you believe that too God is doing miracles of faith in our midst and so we celebrate that and uh, one last thing from our story today that I just I know this will encourage somebody is the name Bartimaeus does anybody know what the name Bartimaeus means Son of Bartimaeus, it's really deep, so Bartimaeus, but that name Timaeus, Timaeus in Aramaic means highly prized, highly prized. 
And as I was thinking about this week, the way that God sees us, Bartimaeus couldn't see very much, but in the eyes of Jesus, he was highly prized. Amen? And in the eyes of Jesus, my friends, you are too. You are deeply, deeply loved by God. And so this week, I pray, my prayer for all of us is that we would see Jesus for who he truly is. As we look through this window of faith, we would be able to see God and see ourselves as healed because it's true. That's why Jesus came. He came to heal and to set free and to have a relationship with us. And then as we look out, that we would see the world through heaven's eyes. Now, we won't get this perfect, but we will see people the way that Jesus does with compassion and mercy and forgiveness. And that, my friends, is nothing short of a miracle. Amen? So may we see Jesus and may we believe that he can do anything. God, I know who you are. I know what you can do, but I'm going to thank you right now. So friends, it's been so good to be together in this time of worship. I pray that you've been encouraged. I pray that you go into this week seeing things a little bit differently. Amen? And now would you join me? I love that this is our verse for the year, our, our final word. Would you join me as we read aloud, aloud these verses together? And our God will meet all our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. We love you. We'll see you next week.